Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything. Mr. Curiosity. Alrighty, folks. Snedeker here. Mr. Curiosity is the podcast. I thank you for joining us. And now we have one legend and one soon-to-be legend with me today. Is that okay, Chewy? That's all right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Doc Medic and Chewy from Froggy 101, the morning show. I, I don't know. I, as I was driving here, right, uh-huh. I was getting in my car, not be, uh, you know, leaving WNEP, and I go, oh, they have the number one uh, uh, broadcast in all of Northeastern Central. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, do they? Do you? <laughs> well, it, it depends who you ask. You know, yeah. number one, one hour and stuff like that. Now we're we're not number one, but we're we're getting there. We're we're, uh, we're very close, but uh, we're the only, which we found out, the only father and son. Morning team. I'm, I'm definitely on country radio. That's but all formats. That's country. what I wanted to get to eventually. I mean, how, you? I don't know, Doc. How old are you? You want to say this? Yeah, sure. Well, I'm about to turn 63 next week. So. All right, there you go. So I'm, uh, in, you know, late 50s. You're 63. You're a legend. I've been listening to you forever. And my son is about the same age, I guess, as Chewy. I don't know, 20 something. 25. Yeah. Same as my son. And I'm thinking, I don't know. Would I be uncomfortable? doing this with my son because you, you, everybody acts different in front of mother-in-law, son, father, friend, grandmother. Everyone acts a little different. We don't. So, that's just the thing. Yeah. And there's a lot of, I mean, it's a podcast. There's a lot of ball busting going on back and forth between yeah. the two of us. It's, um, it's not just like, I think some people think father, son, they have like some sort of dynamic. We, we're more like friends because we've worked together for six years. Uh, we, we I've been in radio for seven, eight years now. Maybe Don't say it yet because we're going to go through the arc of your lives. Don't okay. give that away yet. Don't give I, won't, that away. I won't say it all, but, but we've been <laughs> together for a long time. So we're not just father and son. We've been colleagues for a really long time, bouncing, bouncing ideas off of each other. Hey, would this work? Would that work? So we became more, I guess you would say best friends and, and father and son. Yeah. So we have, a, we have a lot of fun. I think that's awesome. You know, a lot of people can't do that. A lot of fathers hate their sons deep down inside. A lot of sons well, hate their father. Back and forth. All right. So we're going to, I'm going to back up and I'm going to be, you know, the, the podcast is all about truth and transparency. I don't listen to froggy one-on-one. I don't listen to much radio at all. A lot of folks uh, uh, do. You guys are very popular, but Here's what happened, Doc. How long ago is this, do you think? Is it 10 years? Is it 12 years? Is it 15 years? Your GM or one of your high ups was friends with our GM. And they came to me one day and they go, hey, Snedeker, you're going to do all the forecasts for these intercom stations back then. I go, ah, more things to do. (laughs) So now every morning I get my iPhone and I record forecasts for you. And I pretend like we're buddies and we bust each other and I have fun with you. But I really don't know you that much. You, you met me once. Well, twice. You met me once when you invited me. And I think I, either I just started Froggy. This is like 1999 or whatever. Or 99. Wow. And you're like, yeah, come on out and do the, you know, the weather thing one morning. The weather hits. I'm like, oh, OK. And the same thing. And I come out. And I was a lot larger than two. And I remember you doing the one thing at one point. And you're all business until you're on camera. And so you're like, you know, all right, I got to go work on the maps. I'll, I'll be right back. I'll be out in a, you know, a few minutes. I'm like, okay. And it was, it was nice out there. All of a sudden we're doing the one break and you're explaining to me, you know, you're going to look at this monitor and stuff. And yeah. Fun. You grabbed the front of my shirt, pick it up and I'll start slapping my belly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, I get it. I see what's going on. And then we came over. I, I think we brought, it was a gift card. Yeah. For the Gojo bike ride. 
Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah, but that's it. And it's funny because everybody goes, in fact, last night we were doing a, a big concert, country concert in Scranton. And you have somebody goes, ah, oh, you guys and Joe, I mean, you must all be great friends. And hang out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, should we? Let's not break down, though. Yes, we are. We're all good friends. Maybe no, it's but, email, but it's, uh, nonetheless, we're good friends. But the truth is, Chewy, I could tell this about your dad without even knowing this. He's the kind of guy who doesn't take himself too seriously. He's a part of my generation. Everyone busted oh, yeah. each other. It's what you do. Feelings never hurt. And I knew that you bust me, I bust you, and it makes for good uh, good radio and TV. It's all good, uh, right? And I'll, I'll be honest, so many people think you are on with us, you know, because when you take pauses, it's all the behind-the-scenes stuff, but you'll take certain yeah. pauses when you say something to us. And, of course, we're both reacting to it. So and we're talking like, back, yeah. Like <laughs> you know? Well, see, now we're getting closer as time moves on. But I, yeah. what I was going to say is, so we started doing this radio thing decades ago, mm-hmm. and I still do it with you, but... And you don't have to reveal this. I have the bell here. We do the bell whenever I ask something that you don't want to answer. Just say, shut up, Snedeker. And I go, and I move on. I don't even know your real name. My real name is Ken. So Kenneth, as I used to get yelled at at home. Okay. Uh, Medic is my real last name. And that's where the whole doc thing came from. So the guy that owned us when I used to work for KRZ, it was a company called Key Market. He came in and I was using on the air my first year on KRZ. I came in 1988 as Ken Medic, and uh, that's what I was using. And then the guy comes in and he was really like creative. His name's Kirby Confort. And Kirby's like, Medic, Doc, you're gonna be Doc. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> crap. And he's gonna, you know, I didn't want to do it because I, in my mind, nobody's gonna accept that because, you know, I've been using Ken for a year. And I started, you know, I, I was like almost meek doing it because I'm like, 98.5 KRZ, and they're like, Medic. And, and, and little by little started talking. And of course, yeah, which I've learned over the years, novelty names, you know, for some reason, people latch onto those more and stay. But it's funny because people go, are you a doctor of some sort who are picking up on the doc and the medic? And I'm like, no, no, when you, you need help. I'm not the guy you want. That, that, well, that is something about it's fun to say doc medic. And I didn't realize that was not your last name because it His goes perfectly. Chewy. Yeah, in case you didn't know. Chewy, what's your real name? Uh, it's Sean. Sean Medic. Yeah, Sean Medic. <laughs> unless, unless maybe it's a different last name. And, uh, you know, uh, you had, you know, your dad or your mom had an affair and you just went with the name. I've been trying to figure that out for years (laughs) (laughs) because because I'm good looking and he's not. (laughs) The only thing we have is the same hairline. He's like, yeah, he looks a little more like the mailman than I. (laughs) Well, Doc, you, I'm still trying to gauge Chewy's voice. Doc, you have that that golden pipe thing that everyone talks about. Something about your voice that's pleasant to listen to. Did you know that like as a like a teenager, like, okay, got the pipes. I had uh, a really bad, well, speech impediment. The, the backstory to my whole thing, how I ended up in radio, I still, to this day, I have, uh, I guess you would call it a reading deficiency. Reading deficiency yeah. where I can't absorb stuff. Like, I, honestly, I've written or read one book in my whole life. And it was, uh, and I, I do want to side note, I've written and published two books and he's never read either of them. I, I, <laughs> but what do you mean? It's like an ADD. Like you can't yeah, stay. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, I sit there, I can do a magazine article if it's short enough. Uh, and if there's pictures involved, but I, I won't absor- like, I could read it and I can read it out loud and sound like I know what I'm talking about. I'm not absorbing anything at that point. It's even if I'm you're deeply, even something. if you're deeply interested in it, you can't like, if you just if maybe it's a- interested. Yeah. I'll hang in there. But if it starts, I turn the page and I see columns of more, I'm like, okay, I'm out. I'm tuned down. Well, I think you're a lot of people are like that. I'm like that too. I hate like, how would I sit there and just 
turn pages and read. I got a life to live. I can't do that either. I'm the same way. And I hear all these people go, oh, you should read more books and you do this. And uh, no, no, this book. And I'm like, no, I can think of 50 things I'd rather do than read a book. Uh, Hence, I had that reflected my grades in school. (laughs) (laughs) That's always been my philosophy. No one's going to be on their deathbed and go, I wish. I sat and read more books. I don't know. There's a time for that, but it's about living and, and engaging in things. So I'm not a book guy either. That's not a big deal. No, it's, it's not my thing. But then I had, so I, that was part of it. And then my mother's thinking, well, she saw me. There was, uh, I grew up in New York City. So I grew up in the Bronx. Stop I, right there. Yeah. Chewy, New York dad? Yeah, he's from New York. Yeah, I, I've heard his accent. Well, his accent, he actually... He said she heard the way that I talk. I mean, it came out a little bit, and it comes out now and again his accent. But but he used to have a full hard New York accent. If you listen to his really early radio checks, you can hear it. Yeah. But now he doesn't. He I mean, he lost it completely. Yeah, but ever since you were born, you don't remember that, right? Well, he's always nah, been. He, he's heard the old air checks. I've heard he the old air checks. Never get rid of the old yeah. air checks. They're around. Now the he's a NEPA guy. He goes, Hana or no, Hana or no. He turned yeah, into yeah. a. Well, he makes fun of me because I I've got the Northeast PA cold cracker accent. So every now and again we'll be sitting there talking, and I'll say, Yeah, we got to do that today, Anna. And he's like, My <laughs> <laughs> mom hits me when I when I say Hannah. She's like, I'll punch you in the face every time you say it. I know you. Won't. Yeah, Michelle's a teacher, so if anything, she's oh. like, What are you doing? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, you wonder you wonder why uh, some accents are to be cherished and bragged about, like the Boston accent and the car. But yeah. yet, if you say "hana" and you use our local slang, it's seen as a negative. Why are some accents seen as positive, others a negative? I don't that's know. Boston snobs, Joe. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Snobs. I'm proud of my coal cracker accent. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, Hana or no? Yeah. So, so you were born a New York City guy. I can't believe. Well, what was your mom and dad doing there? Uh, my mom worked uh, in the medical field, worked in a hospital. My dad- See, doc medic. There it goes. <laughs> yeah. And my sister ended up going to nursing school, but she never became it. See, I wanted to be a paramedic in real life. That's what I wanted. So I'd be a paramedic medic. But I wanted to, I, I always wanted to be a first, when I was a kid, I either wanted to play for the Mets or be a New York City fireman. Uh, neither of which happened. I took one, a bunch of my friends at the end of high school when it was like, some were going to college and then it was my group that was like, you know, I'm done with school. I made it out this far. We took the New York City police test and one of them ended up getting hired. I didn't get hired. Um, and I ended up going into, it was a television thing, but it was behind the scenes of a place that made TV commercials in Manhattan. So I ended up working in their shipping department and working my way up to being a, what they call a videotape technician. And then eventually the radio stuff, which I wanted to do. But my oh, mom would, What's that? So, so you discovered your voice along the way. You didn't like go to college to study journalism, communications, no, nothing no, like no, that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was I'll, I'll go to college, like LCC will invite me in or, you know, one of the other college, Bloomsburg does it a lot. I'll talk about, you know, what college radio can do for your broadcast career. And I'll, at one point I'm always, listen, I never even, I got out of high school and, uh, you know, and I got started. And that's oh, the- that's interesting. Yeah. And you can't do that anymore. And there's a lot of people at WNP that have the sta- same stories. Jay Christopher used to do weather. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of local people would go from radio and then all of a sudden they're, they're a weather caster on TV. Yeah. In the early days from the 60s, 70s, they would just take people who had the talent for being on the air and do it, whether it's radio or TV. And uh, now you got to go through the fancy, uh, you know, formal career and get the degree and then apply and get your resume. But man, things were different then. You can just pop into the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. And uh, be a DJ. And it's uh, it's neat because I, you know, I started very small <laughs> in Middletown, New York. So there was a guy, I don't know how much you know about New York radio, but there was a guy, Cousin Brucey, 
Who I heard of Cousin Bercy. Cousin Bercy hired me for my No, he didn't. So I, as a kid, I he was the night guy on the WABC in New York who I listened to. So I thought it was the coolest thing. And Bruce was just this big personality in real life. And here I am trying to get my first start in radio, still with my New York, you know, D's dad, damn knows, but you know, <laughs> working on my voice and trying to break the, the TH into a D and all of this. Yeah. And he's like, my man, and he was a character way time. He's like, my man, normally I start people at $140 a week. But you, I see talent, my son. I'm going to give you $150 a week. Is that right? Which was a hundred less than I was making at the job doing it as a videotape technician. <laughs> I wanted to be in radio. So I ended up moving there. Um, ate a lot of, uh, you know, uh, premium saltine crackers. And that was my mm. meals for a while. <laughs> but I got my start. And that was the thing. And then, you know, little by little, every move, and I've had a lot of them over the years, was a nudge up and, you know, obviously a pay bump. Well, when was this, like late 70s, 80s? It would have been uh, my first full-time radio job was 1981. 81. So, so did they, when when they said, when you said that he, you know, jokingly gave you an extra 10, 20 bucks um, uh, for that time period, did he really sense something in you? Did you feel like I got the voice for this? I got this. Did you really have this talent that was seen or? I I thought I did. And then yeah. I was listening to old air checks and I was horrible. <laughs> part, of the, part of the thing, this, this particular radio station, like when they would run commercials, there would be two or three live, what they call live reads. So it's a 60 second thing of copy. My biggest nightmare, you know, no pictures or anything. And it's 60 <laughs> seconds about a car dealer or something like that. Yeah. After And I remember, and I at that point I was married once before and we just got married. And we moved into this little tiny apartment in Middletown, New York. And I get home and my wife were married literally one week. And I said, I thought you said you were going to unpack everything and, you know, set up the appointment. She goes, you absolutely suck. You're going to get fired because she listened. <laughs> she was wrong. I proved her wrong. Um, and Julie, I did. got better with time, but yeah, I did. I, I loved it. And then same thing, working on addiction and trying to be sort of neutral sounding from wherever you are. A lot of people think I'm from the Midwest. I don't know why, but uh, I'm not. I'm from the Bronx. Chewy, did you ever meet your dad's first wife? That's got to be a weird vibe. No, no, I never. Come met on, her. you got to meet this girl. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. I've never met her before. She'd probably fall in love. I have that effect on women. <laughs> <laughs> now, wouldn't that be weird if you started dating this older, older, older woman and it was your dad's first wife? What does that make you? I don't even understand. I, I don't really know, but I do know that I, I got this. The older women love me. My girlfriend, <laughs> my girlfriend's a few years younger than me, but the older women do love the Chewster. Oh <laughs> Doc, is that true? They love the Chewster? He's humble. I'm <laughs> humble. <laughs> I will say this, the Chewster, when I see your social media posts and I see some of the stuff you're doing, the things you say, you are a vibrant, full of life, lovable guy. What is that all about? Well, that's kind of what, I mean, that not that what life's kind of all about? You just want to have fun. There's no reason to be take, you know, you can't, like you said, can't take things too seriously. No, but some people are naturally duds. You're just like a naturally full of life guy, I think. I try that. Actually, I grew up watching you on the weather. Mm. And outside of that, I grew up with this guy and listening to his great radio. So you take all those things that you learn. Cause I knew that everybody, I knew everybody loved you. Everybody loved him. I took your craziness with his radio stuff and said, let's make a career out of this. Oh, this is good. This I'm is watching. good. I don't believe a word of it, but I'm <laughs> the, the way, the reason that I, I knew I wanted to be in radio was it all goes back to when I was in sixth grade. A te there was a parent-teacher conference because I guess I got out of line or something. But, uh, <laughs> the teacher told my mom, whenever Sean um, 
whenever I say something, I can see Sean's head going like he's thinking, but he's not thinking about the topic. He's thinking, how can I make this funny and say something funny about it? And I got in trouble for it. And I said, well, my dad gets paid. She goes, you're immature. I go, my dad gets paid to be immature every day. <laughs> go make a career out of that. And I showed her. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's all about timing when you want to be immature, though. You have yeah. to know when to use it and when you to not use it. Shut it off. <laughs> yeah. Really high school is not where you shut it off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, are, is, so is Doc, is this an act for him or is he always naturally like this? Like when he was three no. years old, five years old, seven years no, old? He's, he's always been a clown. That's, you know, it's yeah. funny. But I didn't think he was going to get into radio. My wife's a school teacher in Hazleton. And I thought for sure, because he's super, he's very, very intelligent. Hard to believe, right? I was going to say, only, oh, easy for me to believe. He's, he's easy for me to believe. On that. But he is very intelligent, history and all that. He's such a history buff. And I'm thinking, all right, he's probably going to follow her, but become a history teacher. And then it kind of threw me for a loop because I didn't, I knew he liked what I did, yeah. but I thought his goal was going to be more to be a teacher and be up in front of a group every day doing his thing. But then it was like, no, I want to do what you do. That's awesome. Well, we have to kind of get to his involvement in this later. I want to hear about that, but we have to fill, I guess, let me think. You said around 1981 and then yeah. Chewy's born sometime in the mid late nineties. So we have 15 years to fill first. Yeah. So, so tell me, did you go from the New York stations right to Intercom or what filled that gap? No, no. So I ended up staying with Bruce's company, Cousin Bruce. So he had another station then in Dover, New Jersey. Worst place in the world I ever lived. <laughs> I swear to never go back there again. But that's where I ended up. And I was kind of moving up and it was a little bit more money. But it, the cost of living in New Jersey compared to Middletown, New York was like, it was crazy. This right. was 1982 and this one bedroom apartment then was $600 where other places you could get a one bedroom apartment in you know 1990 or something for $600. It just got crazy. Um, but I went there, the morning guy there left. So they put me on mornings and then the morning guy went to Charlottesville, Virginia. And he called me up one day and he said, would you like to come down here? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Cause there were no contracts in those days. I mean, I wasn't gonna make any more money where I was and they were offering more money to go do nights. And again, these are all AM stations at that point. I wasn't even doing FM. But they were AM music stations, which is kind of a thing of the past. Um, so I go down to Charlottesville, which, by the way, I loved it down there. And I spent three years down there and on the air. And then I became what's called the music director. So it's it's a promotion. It's a little more money. You're like the number two. Charm. Right, right, right. Um, and from there, I got offered to go to Ocean City, Maryland to run a station and then do mornings there. And I did that. And that's where the KRZ thing came about. And actually... Um, it's interesting because uh, I sent a tape to a guy in New York. So growing up in New York, I wanted to go work for a New York station. Yeah, I, I thought my stuff was good enough in Ocean City, even though it was like, you know, market number 150 something. So I send this to WPLJ in New York and it just turned out, and you love this story, the guy got fired the day my tape landed on the program director's desk. Get out. The guy that got fired was Tony Pig. Tony Pig is the guy that did Regis and Kelly. He was the announcer guy, you know, coming up next on, on Really? So that's where he ended up. He ended up leaving PLJ when he got fired and gets ABC gives him that job because they were owned by ABC at that time. I got to uh, do weekends. And, you know, in those days you were driving in from here. Um, and at that point, well, even before that, Larry Berger, who was the program director, Larry called me and said, I'd like to talk to you about an opportunity in New York. And I'm like, oh, my God. So for like a week and a half, because he put it off for a week and a half, my stomach was churning and all this because this was it. I'm going from, you know, Salisbury, Maryland, all the way to New York City to work on PLJ. Yeah. And, 
I get there and I'm just, I'm just a nervous wreck. I mean, I go to this interview and, and he goes, we're going to go to a place called Palm Two, which is a fancy restaurant in New York. And all I did was everything he did, like I mimicked, if he ordered this, he, <laughs> <laughs> he ordered, you know, at that point I, I, I was hoping he was going to get a beer or something. He wasn't, you know, he was so straightforward. So he orders like an unsweet, nice tea, which personally I hate. I'll have an unsweet, nice tea. Too. <laughs> so he never let on in the interview as to what was what he was interviewing me for. And then I don't hear from him for a few weeks. And I'm like, all right, you know, what do I do? Do I call? And I'm like, you know, I don't want to piss the guy off. So I let it go. And then he gets me, gives me another call a few weeks later. And he goes, come back to New York. I want to talk to you a little bit more. So another week, but now I'm feeling confident. Like I had this great rap with Larry Berger. I get there and I'm, I'm not cocky, but I'm not nervous like I was. So I'm thinking I had all the right answers. And it was one of these things. Like I was at this level and then he's here and then I'm it just yeah. a disaster. So then after I'm leaving New York, and I'm like, I still didn't make me an offer. And I'm like, I'm leaving. I'm like, I screwed this whole thing up because, you know, I, I thought I was a lot more confident than I should have been. And uh, I let it go. And then all of a sudden he calls me like four weeks later out of the blue. And he says, listen, um, I goes, I, I run, uh, I'm a consultant for a radio station in Wilkes-Barre Scranton. I never heard of Wilkes-Barre Scranton at that point. Is that right? That's where the KRZ thing came in. And it, it turned out uh, there were two other people up for the job when I was here. So Jim Rising had just left Whoa. Rock 107. That made the opening. And there were two people that worked for Larry in New York City that were thinking of moving out here. And it turns out they both ended up turning it down. But before that, the the GM here, his name is Dave Stilley, took me, you know, for the day to drive me around the town. He goes, listen, you're not going to get this job. You're number three on the list. You're in the <laughs> smallest market, but I was told I have to interview. So oh, God. He was amazing to me. He was super nice and all this. And I'm like, I, I assumed, okay, I'm not getting it. Another three or four weeks goes by afterwards. And then uh, the Larry goes, uh, all right, we want you up in Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Do you want the job? I'm like, absolutely. And that was decent money to go from where I was up to here. So what year was that? That was 1988. And then so 88. So through, but but before that, through the 80s, you kind of hinted at this. The first wife, no kids, you're in an apartment, that doesn't work out. Right. Uh, 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 you're sleeping in separate beds. What's happening? I don't know. How does all I, that end? I knew when things were real bad and how I knew as we were living in, because I couldn't afford anything in Jersey. We we're living right. in a rooming house. So you're, oh. you know, you're rooming house, you're sharing the bathroom with all the other tenants, not the nicest people in the whole wide world. And you share yeah. the kitchen. And I, I knew, I was like, I hit rock bottom. I said, I'm, I think I'm going to get out. I wanted to continue in radio. But I'm like, there was nowhere to go at that point. And things were so different. It's not like, you know, you had the internet and you pick up or you know, reach out to somebody at that point. It was, you had to sit there and wait for something to come about. Um, so, so yeah, you, that, that thing kind of fizzled out. Our, our you're losing jobs, your wife, you're, you're crying after you split up. This is over. You're, you're in your tears. You don't have a job. I'm trying to make drama here. Is this all true? Um, pretty much. actually. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> he split up with me or left me at that point. It was uh, the day before Christmas Eve. Oh, no. Come on. I didn't even know that. So, hey. Joey, Christmas Eve Eve, your dad loses his first wife. You're not even in the picture yet. It's just so wait, it gets better. It's the 1980s. You're you're, you're listening to Wham. You got the Christmas. I love this though. So so okay. So it, now it's the day before. Then I hear this. I'm like, oh my god, my life's falling apart. I'm here at KRZ now. Back in those days, you had jocks on 24 hours a day. So now it's going into all the Christmas music stuff leading up to Christmas. And the guy, the one part timer, calls me. He's like, oh, I'm sick. I can't come in. I'm like, you bastard. <laughs> so he's like. 
so I have to go in. So, you know, I just had my wife leave me. I had all this, and now you got to play Christmas music for like six. And I was doing overnights. I was the program director, but I had to do the overnight shift. Yeah. And he was there. And then that freaking song by the Carpenters, Greeting Cards. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Where was that? Merry Christmas yeah. or whatever. Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's something good about that. That's homie. Yeah, that's, 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 no, no. that's meat and potatoes, Joey, isn't it? Come on. I, I think so. <laughs> but the people that call, you know, a radio station on overnight who are all in the same boat as me and tell me how horrible their life is. I'm like, listen, <laughs> my wife just loved me 20 hours ago. But, you know, it's one more story of the, the, the regret <laughs> in my life that helped build character along the way. All right. So we're still about five, 10 years away from Chewy entering the universe. But Chewy, so I want to know this about your dad without him answering this. Is he a music kind of guy? Because I am. I'm like your classic dad rocker. I've been listening to power pop, punk, rock and roll, new wave, uh, heavy metal my whole life. What's his preference? Could he be honest? Could you be honest? He likes it all. And I'll tell really? you, his, his main go-to is the, the really weird, like late seventies disco that like, <laughs> like the early eighties, yeah. he loves the Bee Gees, but he's, he's got this ability and I'm starting to pick it up from him about five, not even five seconds into a song. He could tell you the song it was, who sang it, the al- sometimes the album, and the year it came out to like three, four is seconds. Is that right? Yeah. He's incredible. Because, I mean, I'm not making fun of how old he is, but he's been around since, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. So he, he knows it all. See, Joe, if I wasted my time reading books, I'd never be able That's to. That's what I was going to say. That's why the book thing is overrated. Come on. You knew you. See, you're a savant. You're a music savant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. And he is. I mean, and he's got he's got this great taste, which I never understood because when I was a program director, I'd ask him, how do you feel about this song? He's got this ability in about 10 seconds to go, that song's going to go number one or this song sucks. And naturally... If he says a song sucks, it ends up not going anywhere. If he says a song is going to go number one, it normally goes. He, he's been wrong once in my entire life that I give me that with. song. Give me that song. The wrong one. It was uh, Chains by uh, Kate or Fields by Katy Perry. It was <laughs> Fields. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to talk bad about Katy Perry. <laughs> like, this is the greatest song in the world. It's going to go number one. It's going to be there for weeks. <laughs> I mean, it hit like 10, maybe, maybe 10. <laughs> All right. Well, at least you got up there. <laughs> well, Doc, then when you were in the late 80s and into the 90s, you were a top 40 guy, right? Yep, yeah, so I did that uh, 80s till 1998. Uh, so, so I left in 96. I left here to go to Long Island for two years. So another, it was a dance-based station. And then we made oh, it. Wait, now isn't Chewy entering the universe now here in Manhattan? Out there in Long Island when, when he comes out. He was New York. He was yeah, Long Island born uh, where that happened. And then... I got fired because they- Whoa, wait, you got to slow down. So I just got to get this in my head. So you're copulating with your new wife in New York and Chew, you're a new job, Yeah. right? Yep. Chew enters the world, a yeah. screaming baby covered in goo. The second son, the second son. Yeah, second yeah. son, okay. Covered baby. And the new wife happened when? What year new was that? happened in 1990. So you're you're in Wilkes Barre, Scranton. You're working at uh, at KRZ, and you're yep. thinking this is good. I find a local girl. Yeah, she's from Hazelton. Hazelton. So what makes you then pick her? I guess you had a child at the time, and go to Manhattan. What's the deal with that? The real reason she had big boobs was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's my mother. You're talking about. How yeah, is that? Well, they're mammary features. They're good. For, they're, they're good for nurturing offspring. <laughs> So we uh, we were doing this contest. We were giving away cars, and you know, for KRZ. And uh, what happened was, 
we tied in with a bumper sticker back then. And so, you know, the GM's like, well, we're not getting any stickers out in Hazleton. I'm like, uh, you know, Hazleton was a bit of a drive. I was living in Wilkes-Barre then. And, you know, he's like, you know, he starts throwing a fit about, all right, all right. so I'm like, all right, just give me, I'll go down, I'll do it. And she came up to get a sticker and that's how we met. And it turns out, because I thought she had this really cool pickup truck and all that stuff. Really cool. It turns out that was her boyfriend's pickup truck, which I never knew. No, but I, I, what I'm asking is what made you then get her and I guess one child soon after and then Chewy later and go to Manhattan? Why did you leave? Uh, just because of career opportunity. But weren't there. things going good at KRZ? I'm thinking this is it. You, you got know, a local girl. You got a house. You got a baby. You got right. another one on the well, way. It was going great, but there was a lot more money to be made on Long Island at that point. And that's, you know, I was at that point. Oh, I'm sorry. Long Island, not New York yeah, City. So okay. I wanted to keep going, zig, 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 move up. Because my goal was eventually to be on the air again in New York City. Oh, that's you know I wanted to be where I grew up and my friends all lived and stuff like that. Right. And I had that you know that opportunity part time when I worked at WPLJ, but you know a full time would have been a lot nicer. Now you know my priorities have changed over the years. That, that I have no interest in doing something like that now. But that's what we did, and and she hated Long Island, Michelle. She hated not. it. And my older guys, seven years older than Sean. So, you know, it was tough for her because looking for a job, the cost of, uh, you know, having a kid go to daycare was more than worth her going to get a job at that point. You'd just be paying whatever her salary was. Yeah. So the Long Island thing only lasts how long? It lasted two years. Two Um, years. And it was all along. You're like, I got to get back to Wilkes-Barre Scranton or no? No, not at all. I wanted to. (laughs) Not at all, Chewy. Not at all. all. (laughs) I still had my eye on the big prize to go, you know, back to New York. But then they ended up changing and i was too stupid to realize what was going on so you know one week they got rid of the promotion director next week it was the sales manager well i was the program director i was the fourth week they were somebody else in the middle and the new gm come in and she was changing all the people around so it was one of those things where i I would get a ratings incentive and when i got to that station it was 13th in the market and in two years we got it up to number two and then when the ratings came out even though they let me go they had to pay my bonus which got bought us a pool for our backyard. No. Courtesy of uh, Cox Radio, C-O-X, by the way. Cox Radio <laughs> was the one who, uh, who ended up paying for it. But, but Chewy, came- you, have no, you have no memory of uh, Long Island then? None. I don't remember a single thing. I was... Uh, we, I moved out of here. We were eight. I moved out of Long Island. I was eight months old. Oh, okay. Right. So that doesn't even exist in your yeah, world. So I'm, I'm, I was born in Long Island, but I'm an NEPA, you know, raised. Boy. Yeah. So what, what happens was that that particular, the GM calls me in on a Friday and I'm not even realizing what's about to happen to me. How's the show today? Oh, it's good. Uh, how's everything else going? Well, we got to work on this, this, this. She goes, close the door. And I'm still like, oh man, uh-oh. You know, top close top. the door is never good. Yeah, close the door. Close With the door. wives, close bosses, the anything, close the door is never good. It's never good. And uh, that's what she said. So this is on a Friday. And yeah, I just finished up. I was doing the afternoon show then. And, and she's like, yeah, I'm going to make changes and bring it. I have my own people. So we're going to be letting you go. And she's like, you know, you can go two ways. You can either leave today and I'll pay you out, you know, for a couple of weeks, or you can stay for a month. And I was miserable. So again, this is happening before their cell phones. So it's Friday. Now I'm driving from Long Island back because I still have a house here where Michelle then moved back because she hated Long Island so much. Yeah. Oh, you were doing a dual life there for a while. Yeah, yeah, baby Chewy, you know, at that point, and Christian, my older son. So I'm driving back. I'm like, how am I going to explain? You know, he's Low, you're, you're in your early 30s, right? Yeah, yeah. At that point, and I'm I'm just like looking, like, what am I going to do? And just ironically enough, that happened on a Friday, Monday morning. I get a phone call from the guy that is the GM here, who you know I worked for prior, and he's like, hey, 
will you ever consider coming back here? And this is before, you know, how now you do anything, it ends up social media. Someone yeah, said, yeah. well, there, none of that was out yet. So it was like perfect timing. And I said, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to come back. And he's like, when can you start? I said, when do you need me? And I came back. It was about a week gap between it. And then, I'll, you know, talk about landing on your feet. And there I am right back. So I was back at KR. If you remember, Rocky and Sue left to go to Florida. To yes. For a little bit. So they wanted me to do mornings with Psycho Mike. Who's yes. Now. So we did that. And But we're all friends and all that. But Mike and I both agree. We're like, we suck as a morning show. It's just Is that right? right? Oh, yeah. It's, it, it wasn't smooth. And when was this? This is 1999? 1998. Yeah, 1998. And it, so it only lasted what? A few? Well, I said one year. And then, one year. And then Sue, I guess, wanted to come back and Rocky wanted because they weren't happy down in, in there. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm not going to give it up because I want to, you know, be the guy. Yeah. And I just knew I was just, I knew, I knew it wasn't just flowing like it should, the morning show. And so the GM starts talking to me, he goes, well, we're thinking about making a change on Froggy. Would you do it? I said, country's not for me. I don't know anything about country. Ellis. This went through the course of like four months of meetings. And then finally, the third time he pulls me into his office, he goes, listen, we're moving you starting Monday. You're going over to Froggy because we're making a change. And I call Michelle and I'm like, uh, we got to find a new job because there's no way I'm going to do country. It's just not my thing. I was going to say, so you're like a, like a rocker popper guy like me, right? You're not country. We were never exposed to it in the seventies. So I knew who Garth Brooks was, but I, I guess I went in at the right time because that's when Shania Twain was starting to pop and she was kind of a pop sound. Yes. Okay. Stuff like that. And Michelle's like, just give it a month because I don't feel like moving again. And I did. And then I started to take a liking to it. And, uh, you know, the audience embraced me after a while. And then we grew that show in so many directions over the years. Like I've had so many different co-hosts uh, throughout the years and everybody usually gets to move on and, you know, has a lot of success. I ended up getting called up again to Philadelphia. And I did that for uh, six years from 2010 to 2016. Yeah. And he ended up oh, in Philadelphia. He ended up winning a CMA award, a country yeah. music award. Well, wait a minute. You're confusing me now. So Chewy, you're seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 years old and I, move again to Philly or what's happening here? So he moves to Philly and I stay here because uh, my mom's a teacher and she had a really good job here. She wanted to move, but she had so much experience. You know, nobody wanted to pay her the salary that she Oh. So I was here during the week and then I was going down with him on the weekends, living a double life again. Like my, me and my mom would drive down. But this is a happily married couple, correct? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So you were, you were living a partial life there, partial life here. That had to be difficult. Friday, I would be in Philly and then Saturday, Sunday, either they would come down or I would come up. And then like Wednesdays, we usually meet in like Allentown for dinner. Come on. You did this for years? Six years. Uh, yeah, six years. Sure, we tell me about it. Come on, did you think like, what is this dad? What is this guy I have that he's? Well, it was it was kind of like that. I, you know, I was basically just living with my mom and my grandfather. At one point, started coming down for dinner like every day because we lost our grandmother, and so you know that's kind of who I was with. My brother had moved out because he went to college, and then he moved away. Uh, during the summer before football, like, cause before football got to everyday practices, I'd stay down in Philly with him for a week. And I, I grew to really love Philly Yeah. where, and this is kind of how, where I get involved. I go, I decide uh, I'm going to temple. So I'm going oh. go to temple I'm going for radio and well, you uh, have a kid in temple, right? The, two kids graduated from temple. They were probably there at the same time. You guys were brushing shoulders on campus. Well, yes. maybe not because I only went for a year. Oh, okay. <laughs> too hard too much. <laughs> I, I did i partied a little bit too hard my my gp because i'm not when i went to school i'm 
I'll say it, uh, you know, uh, not any kind of cockiness, but I am a very smart kid, uh, especially when it comes to history and English, it's mostly history. I'm the biggest history buff you'd ever meet. Um, and, and I'm not a good student though. If it doesn't interest me, I'm not doing it. I don't That's really- your dad. You're a, you're a, you're a savant. Don't waste time with books, right? Just let me do my thing. Right. Thing, And I just can't retain it. I can't sit and read it. So, you know, I'm, I'm going for radio and we're not learning any radio stuff. It's, it's TV and this is how you make a movie and this is how you do this. And I'm like, I already know how to use Adobe Edition. I know how to do this. So um, I come home after my first year and a job opens up at KRZ. And it's not, it's really not, it's actually- This is when now, this is when? Uh, 2016. 2016. So it's really, and I have a little bit of a radio experience because on a side note, he bought a radio station in like 2012. God, and, you know, your life is too complex for me yeah. to even keep up with. <laughs> A lot of working parts and, here, Joe. And I, did, <laughs> I worked for the radio station for a little bit. I was horrible at it. And then, was the, you know, we, then the radio, we sold the radio station, all that stuff went away. Um, and so then I was just working at a Kmart. That's all I really knew how to do was work at a Kmart. And uh, Wait, we could do a whole show of you at Kmart. What, what were you doing? I know. I know. Believe me, I <laughs> which, could. Which Kmart? The one in Muzik? Which Kmart? No, Hazleton. Hazleton Kmart. Hazleton. So what are you doing at Kmart? You're like I was, the, the I was a guy? I was a stock boy and electronics kid. So, so you're like, what, 19, 20, 21? I, was, I worked there from the time I was 15 or 16 until I was 19. Get out of here. Yeah, when I was 19, after my one year call, so 18 and 19, this would have been 2015 to 2016, I was at Temple. Did, um, and then the, a board operations or a board operator uh, job opens up where literally it's just running boards for remotes, two hours a week or not two hours a, a shift, you know, maybe three days a week. And then they're like, hey, you want to work street team? And I said, yeah, I'll work street team. And that's just going out on a, on events and setting up tents and being like, okay, yeah. I'll play some games. Perfect. Perfect. A, a position opens up for a uh, production assistant. So it's helping make commercials in the back. And I said, yeah, I'm going to do it. And that one, that's when I was faced with like my first really tough life decision was this is at intercom. Yeah. yeah. At intercom. Yeah. But doc are, are, are like the uh, HR people saying, Oh, you know, we can't be having a family work here together. You well, know, blah, blah, blah. There, there, well, there is some of them, like Rocky and Sue Mary. So that's okay. Uh, there's a few that are our family that are here and it, it seems to work out, you know, for yeah, everybody that does it. So, but you know how corporate America sometimes frowns on that stuff. Yeah, That's what and, I'm and, and it is true, but I'm not, at the time, I'm not working directly with him. I'm just kind of, kind of just doing all behind the scenes stuff, you know, learning the ropes of radio and I'm, I'm making commercials for about six months at the, t- so now, and like I said, I, I had to face with my first tough real life decision, which was, do I go back to Temple? And continue to try to get the education of you know radio, <laughs> or do I keep my foot in the door and continue to you know grow this job that I've already have that I've had to go to school for? So I said, "What's the old man saying?" Oh, he's telling me he's like he's like go to community call like he's going like this. He's like go that's a good in between. Yeah, and well, it, yeah. and it is a good in between. Unfortunately, at right not not long after that my hours all changed. So now I'm here every single day and I don't have time for community college because right. my, my hours are so weird. And I'm sitting next to on the night guy on KRZ Fishboy, who's the assistant program director okay. at KRZ and the music director. And I just annoy him every single day, every single day. I'm annoying, <laughs> and I'm annoying him and I'm annoying him. And I'm not even talking, I'm not even asking to be on air. Like, what do you mean? Like a, like an instigator for a joke? You're annoying him or you're <laughs> we're joking with each other. I'm yeah, like, I gotcha. I'd walk over. I'd be like, Hey fish, what's going on today? And I'd sit down and I'd just talk to him. And I mean, we, he never got his job done when I was working next to him because we would just talk about sports, comic books, anything. Hit we it up. Joked about. And then eventually he just says to me one day, he goes, you want to get into a studio and go on air? And I was like, 
it's happening. It's happening. And I went on air and I was horrible, but <laughs> I worked, I worked, um, I worked, I honed the craft for at KRZ for about three years. And I was going to say, if I can stop you right there, why were you horrible when you have this effervescent, uh, lively personality? Were you not able to be yourself or what happened? I was able to be myself. I just didn't know how to do it. You know, like I didn't know how to open up a break. I didn't know how to be quick with my words. I didn't know how to tell a story in 15 seconds and and make it funny. And And you were probably trying to be something you're not. That's the mistake everybody makes. And my voice at the time, because I didn't quite find my voice. I was still trying to be like, yeah, you don't want to do that either, doc. You give him advice. You just be yourself. And and that's what he would say to me all the time was be yourself. Just go in and be yourself. So it took me a while and it took a lot of mentoring. And um, about three years in, uh, there was a job in Philly, part-time, Saturday nights. And I said, you think I can ever get this job, Dad? And he's like, well, you're not going to know unless you go for it. He's like, I think you're really good. And he goes, and I don't think you give yourself enough credit, so go for it. And I applied, and I got the job. And for about six months, I was working Saturday nights in Philadelphia. So I'd be working Monday through Friday uh, here, almost well, Sunday or Monday through Friday in the studio here. If Fishboy was off, I was covering for Fishboy. You know, I was still doing the commercial stuff, making commercials, just doing everything I can. I was working a lot of part-time hours, or not yeah. part-time, uh, I, we call them volunteer hours, where <laughs> I, 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 was, I was a part-time employee working 39 hours a week, probably doing another 15 to 20 volunteer hours on top of right, that. Right, but you say volunteer because you're following your passion, so it doesn't even yeah. seem like work. That's yeah, the whole it's, team. It's, like, it's you got to follow work. your passions. Yeah, it's not work. You're not getting paid for it. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because I'm having fun. And that's yes. the thing. At the time, I don't think I was having fun. But now, looking back, it was like, those are the greatest moments of my life. Yeah, there you and go. Then, and then I'm, I, you know, I, then Saturday nights, I'm working in Philly, driving back up right after my shift. I was working seven to midnight in Philly, driving right back up or crashing at my brother's house who lived in Philly, or still lives in Philly, but lived in Philly. I'd either crash there or I'd drive back up to be on air the next morning at 10 a.m. So, so, you hear this? There's a hardworking millennial. I love it. That's how they all need to be. You probably agree with me. You don't see a lot of that anymore. No, you don't. Yeah. That's why I'm impressed right now. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that. And then not, not only Usually that. you get this from your generation, but I don't want to work weekends or before <laughs> 6 a.m. You'd probably like this. I worked uh, I three years in a row. I worked from July 5th until December 31st without any days off. Oh, you're my kind of guy, dude. That's even what on, it takes. That's the way it's... Holidays. Even on holidays, I was still recording shows. I was still doing things. If somebody needed something, I, I was jumping on it. You should be a millennial motivational speaker. <laughs> you should. I, I wish. I wish. But then I, um, then I guess I, I, after that, I got a job offer to go to state college and do afternoons on a radio station, state college, smaller market, but it was a full-time job. All right. I would actually get paid full time. The old man saying, go for it. Yeah. So, and he's, he's like, jump on it. And, uh, it was funny because I just started dating my girlfriend at the time who went to Bloomsburg or she was going to Kings at the time. And, uh, you know, so we just start this relationship and I'm like, Hey, I'm moving an hour and a half away. And she's like, all right, you know, so, and uh, I've worked in state college for two and a half years through the pandemic. And, and, you know, I'm I still- forgot about that. So bad timing, right. With the launch of your career, right. Well, all this is going I, I on was in state college for about a year. And then the pandemic had hit. Yeah. And then, uh, so I was, I was all in state college. Everything was shut down and I'm dry. Kind of like he did in Philly. I'm driving back on weekends or my girlfriend's driving down to state college to yeah. visit together so yeah. we can still have our relationship then about two and a half years in a state college with that same company who happened to be 
one of the people who was in charge of that company was the guy who used to own KRZ that he said gave him the name Doc Medic, Kirby Confer. Yeah. Um, he, we can't uh, lose this guy, Kirby. Yeah, and he's absolutely great. And his daughter owns the, comp- the company that I was working for at the time. Her name's Kristen Cantrell. And we're, I'm working and they go, listen, we want to bring you out even farther west to a radio station in Dubois, Pennsylvania. And I'm like, where's that Dubois? And yeah. I'm looking at him like, it's not Dubois, it's Dubois, D-U-O-I-S. <laughs> that's how the elitists say it. Yeah, I'm like, Dubois. I'm from Dubois. Yeah, and that and that's the thing. I didn't know what I was doing, but they said, we want, they go, we don't just want you to do afternoons. We want you to be the program director. We want you to run it. So I go out to Dubois and um, this is now 2021. And they're like, listen, this radio station we got, we think everything's right. It's just not, we just don't know why it's not working. What can you do? And I, uh, I said, okay, well, I said, do I kind of have free reign? They're like, well, we'll teach you and give you some free reign kind of, uh, but I, you know, you can't cage the, 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 the animal. So, and I did, I, I, I said to him all the time, I was like, Hey, what do you think if I did this? He's like, did they clear you to do that? And I'm like, no, but I'm just going to do it. What do you think? And he'd be like, Okay, go ahead. And I, my whole thing is ask for ask for forgiveness. Yeah, that's the best rule, Make right? Don't ask it for is. permission. That's the way to go, man. So we took this radio station, which was low, and we made it one of the top stations, if not the top station in Dubois. Well, what were you doing though? Just being off the wall, a little. Uh, yeah, we we did kind of did what KRZ and Froggy were, were doing back in you know early two thousands for Froggy and KRZ back in the in the eighties and nineties. I just took that mentality and said. Let's just go out. Let's just start playing music in a parking lot till they kick us out. Let's go do this. Let's give away things. Let's let's have fun. I changed up the music because the music wasn't wasn't there. It needed a lot of help there. I, you know, we had this midday girl who I trained who was fantastic. She's now running the station since I left. Um, and it we just have this great thing going for us. And I get this phone call from Doc, and he goes, You ever think about coming back here? <laughs> And See, it's gone full circle now. Yeah. It's the same thing happening. So this is so Jesse decides to leave. Yep. And Doc, you have this light bulb go off. Hey. Well, it's funny. So then we have a meeting, my boss and I, and he's like, "Okay, we need to find a woman to put on with you. You, you know anybody?" And I'm like, "No, I don't." But I then I'm telling them, "Why does it have to be a woman?" Don't you hate all these? Stop right there! Don't you hate all these rules that people just? continue to think like, it's got to be a man, woman. It's got to be better than that. Stop right. it. Because that became the norm. But, you but know, it shouldn't be. We do what works. Yeah. And well, exactly. And so we come with that. And actually they were grooming him for KRZ as a future, whether, you know, Rocky was to leave or Jeff was to, because, you know, we're oh. myself and Rocky. We're all in the same ballpark age wise. You know, yeah, and at the same time, I'm still doing part-time work from state college and from Dubois for KRZ. I'm recording it because, and it happened to hit just as the pandemic hit right before it happened. My boss at KRZ said, Hey, what do you think we set you up with an at-home stuff? We really need a good part-timer. And like our part-timers just left, you know, so you haven't been here in about, I was gone for about maybe eight months. And they were like, we, we want you back on air. Like just so you can pick up, do swing shift stuff. We just need somebody. And I said, yeah, I'd love to, if I could do it for my apartment. So I get set up right before the pandemic. So I'm back on KRZ still doing part-time stuff. And like Doc said, our boss got a little mad when he brought up the idea of me. He's like, well, I, you know, I never really saw Chewy on the countryside. I always wanted him on, yeah. you know, for KRZ. And are you and a country guy or no? I grew up listening to country music. But you I did? Like, I'm like him. I, well, I like because all I was on Froggy, so that's where he was here. Yeah, so right. I, you know, I was exposed to country music and classic rock because of him and, you know, disco and the classic hits, all that stuff because of him. But And then I kind of took the top 40 pretty easily. 
but I can go back to country because I mean, it's, it's what I grew up on and I, I know the lifestyle I do. I probably do a lot more country stuff than top 40 stuff. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fisher, I guess an angler as they call it. You know, yeah. my first car was a truck. My second car was a truck. Joey, just say it. You're a redneck. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love the <laughs> at the Bloomsburg fair. And we mean that in a good way. Yeah. So, All right. So, Doc, did this go over well when you say, hey, how about my son or no? Is it a push? Yeah, we have a great relationship with, you know, Boston and everything. And, and the same thing. And he's like, wow, I kind of, you know, was eyeing him for KRZ down the line. But he, as, and, and we, he came over to my house and we're having beers and pizza. So things going good. And we're sitting there and we're talking about it. And he's more and more. He's like, yeah, all right. And he, how would it work? What would you do? And I said, well, I know what everything he can do already. And he is, I mean, I don't know if we can get into it, but I mean, he's a great character voice for, he does Trump, he does Biden, he does all these different characters. Give us one of each so we can be equal party here. Give me a Trump, give me a Biden. There we go. They're not very good. They're not good. Come on, President Biden. What? How do you feel about uh, Snedeker's weather forecast? Oh, I love it. It's the best. Uh, <laughs> you know, every time I do it, I, I love seeing Snedeker on uh, Channel uh, 16. <laughs> And it's right down the street from where I grew up in Scranton, across the street from Hancock's. What about you, Donald Trump? Do you like Snedeker's forecast? It's a beautiful forecast. <laughs> one of the best I've ever seen. It's fantastic. Like Everybody me. loves it. <laughs> we love you, Joe Snedeker, so much. Hey, I like him too, Jack. <laughs> You're right. He nailed it, Doc. You're right. He nailed it. <laughs> it's just a couple of things he does. Those are two we use now, but it's it's funny. I like it. Realize that's him doing it, but he does. He's so I knew he, the kid's got so much talent, way more than I have. And the, the plan is so then sell <laughs> it up the ladder. So our corporate guys are corporate for country is in Detroit, and then all the way through, and then they're like, Yeah, let's try it. It's different. Nobody's doing the father son show. So that's when we got the approval. So now it's what two, three months now. We're yeah, we're about yeah. three, three, four months now. And, and you feel good? It's a groove for both of you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty easy. Like we, we have a lot of fun and it's, what's great about what Doc, we're working with my dad or doc, whoever I want to call him. Uh, he, <laughs> I, I kind of have an idea and I'll just be like, Hey, what do you think if we did this? And we'll just be like, yeah, let's do it. Whether it's social media stuff, whether it's on air stuff. And, and that's the thing. The social media has grown tremendously. I see. Um, I can't get you off of my Facebook feed. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm coming to the point where I'm going to block you. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's all good. It's it's good, positive, fun stuff. I love it. <laughs> but it's it, it is it, it's absolutely great, and you know we we kind of just have an easy time working together. We feed. I mean, the chemistry after 25 years, you think you have some chemistry. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, we, we do. We we just have a really great time on air. There's not a point where we're not laughing on air. And that's the, the key, that, right there, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that, the thing we get that. the most is hey. On, like off air are you guys the same thing on the air because we do we just yeah. bust each other we laugh we have fun i call him old he, he calls me fat whatever he wants to call <laughs> it. He, wants to say. he wants to make fun that i'm balding at a faster rate than he is at his age yeah, I, had a better, you know? I, had a I, I got pictures from the 80s that show a mullet for me so we just have a lot of fun you know we, we're trying to do more community stuff we're doing a fun we, right now we're doing movember where I know you can't see it. It's, it's coming in very thick. You see these two beards? Yeah, I see, two, say, oh yeah, I think I see it. I see some hairs growing there. 
Or is that under your nose? I don't know. Is that nose hairs extending down like a crayfish? <laughs> we, uh, we're doing it for uh, men's prostate cancer, men's testicular cancer, or testicular cancer, prostate cancer, and men's mental health. It's a great uh, fundraiser that we have going on, and we're growing out our mustache. It's funny, that. It'll be interesting to see, honestly, what grows, because I don't, you know, I could shave once a week, and I'd be fine, and you would never even know yeah. at that point. So we'll see. The, fu- the, future, the future is no hair anyway. So when you yeah. look at any- Well, I know that. When you see aliens come and they're, you know, or they're the future, they're not, they're not hairy. They're wearing streamlined silver suits and there's no, no hair on them. The future is hairless. I'm telling you. I'm getting there, Joe. I'm getting there. So doc, the, the, I mean, I guess guys like us, you know, you're a little bit older than me, but not much. We need injection from youth like him because you would never do all that social media stuff. Whatever it is about our generation, it's almost like it annoys us, doesn't it? Well, I, I give you a great example with him, and that's part of the thing that's holding them on him because of the age. He knows how to play the the Facebook yes. a lot better than I do. I mean, but we I, don't. We naturally just don't. Right. So we would do posts. I would do posts. It would get like thirty comments. I'm like, oh, that's great. We got thirty comments. Yeah. And some to get eleven hundred comments. And yes, I know. Play the game with algorithms and all that. Yes. Yeah. So yes, that's a definite plus. Bringing in, and the goal is, you know, when I call it quits, whenever that's going to be. A few years, hopefully, down the road. Medicare uh, is calling. Medicare <laughs> is calling. But he'll take, he'll be the head guy, and then they'll bring someone in for him, you know, to to work with him. And so that's the plan right now. That's uh, excellent. So the future looks good. I, that's a that's a beautiful arc of both of your lives. I love it. Yeah. What I'm wondering, Chewy, when you were at Kmart, did you get like a, a 10% discount on underwear and stuff? Like, could you, I think it was three, three, three percent. That's it. It was. Uh, Five percent on food if you because we were a super K or no super we were, K. We were a big K. We weren't super. <laughs> big super K has the full has the full grocery section, but we were a big K. And I think it was five percent off if we bought any food there, and it was three percent off everything else. That but, seems low. Those cheapos. We, we had a lot of fun there. I mean, our boss. We had some bosses who were really hard on us. Yeah. Because I worked there with I, my cousin worked there too, so we had like the greatest time. We built a mini golf course in the back like in the stock section. And we just, we, we literally built golf courses. We had like hideout places. We just didn't do anything. But the good news was we always got our work done. If our boss asked us to do something, it got done. It was, you know, it was great Kmart, but we did, we had a lot of fun while working there. So did you ever, <laughs> yeah. Did you ever hide out in the ladies lingerie section or no? No, 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 you did not. not like a sore thumb. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> Did you feel the uh, demise of Kmart when you were there or no? Uh, <laughs> did they, did they? Th- I, I knew it was coming to a close when I was standing there. <laughs> and <laughs> we had a guy would come in every single week to look at the action figures. And he wanted <laughs> this one specific action figure. And every, an adult? It, yeah, uh, he was actually one of Christian's friends. Every week he came in and we never had it. And then I noticed the action figure section. So- <laughs> smaller and smaller and i go we're gonna close aren't we (laughs) and then uh i i quit because i started or i i guess i resigned i didn't quit i resigned yeah Uh, and then um about a year later it it closed down for good and i was but you knew it with the action figures that was the sign right they're not replacing they're not replacing a firestorm or whatever it was who knows no no that's what I, i knew that i was like oh yeah we're not getting stuff in like we used to and 
I don't think it's because of the supply chain. That's funny. All right. Well, if anyone uh, needs to find you guys, of course, you're on Froggy 101. What time period? You're on uh, every day. In the morning till 10, Monday through Friday. You guys both wake up at the same time then? Yeah, we actually, I, I since I moved back from Dubois, I actually moved back home till I'm going to find a place in a couple months and just, you know, loaf off them, I guess. And so we, he drives me to work every day. Oh, that's excellent, right? Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. <laughs> what time do the alarm goes off? Because we're living no, I, get up, I get up at 2.30 and then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll start making his breakfast and, and then I get him up at three and then he says 10 more minutes. So three Get out, you're up that early and yeah, you've been yeah. doing that for years. Well, I, live, I live in drums, so it's about a 30 minute ride for me. Oh, okay. So we get to the radio station in the morning. What about 4.20 in the morning? We yeah, 4.15, 4.20 we get so, here. So, yeah. That's about the same schedule as me. What I yeah. like about our shift is, for me at least personally, you're 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 starting early in the morning, but you're you're. I don't do anything at night anyway. What are you going to do? Sit on the couch in darkness and watch TV? I think it's a great shift because you have every afternoon is like the weekend. You guys uh, feel that way? Yeah. yeah. Excellent. When I get up from my nap, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, I, I, do you nap or no? Hardly ever. I'd say once every two weeks or something. I'm, I'm, as a matter of fact, as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going for a killer mountain bike ride. I can't wait. I got I to gotta get on one. I'm, I would never keep up, but I want to come biking with you sometime. Oh, now you're talking. Challenge accepted. Yeah. All right, we'll do it. All right, social media. You can find you guys. Just search your names. or everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yep. What All right. Are we, are we on anything else? I don't think so. Okay, that's it. I think we we did a great arc of your life, and uh, th so the Kmart stuff is definitely over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's coming back. Without <laughs> Walmart, yeah, look at maybe, maybe yeah, there you go. Maybe I'll go no. to work at Walmart. Big lots. <laughs> now you do a great job. You're full of life, and I like what you added to uh, Froggy 101 and Doc, a legend right here. Thank you, uh, Mister Curiosity Podcast. So I appreciate your time, guys. Can I just Thank say you. I'm taller than him? It's just my seat. Could you prove that? Let's see you guys stand up before we end this. Come on, this will be on YouTube. Here we go. They're going to stand up. See? Dewey, I hate to tell you this, but he's got like seven, eight inches on you, brother. He's, he's like six foot and I'm 5'10". Yeah. And he's got on mom's high heels. That's another story. <laughs> my boy in stilettos. <laughs> See you guys. Thanks for having us. Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything. Mr. Curiosity.